Welcome to The Lex Factor, a lawfully good podcast where we'll brief you on the business of law so you can build a better practice and capture more billable hours. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Lex Factor. It's your host, Lauren, here. And your co-host, Brad. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Round of applause. Round of applause. It gets old for everybody else, but it never gets gets old old for for me. (laughs) It never gets old for me. I I love the applause. You know, it's the only time in my life I actually get it. Every Wednesday, once a week, you get a round of applause. applause, Yeah. It's your praise day. It's my happy day. Oh, (laughs) happy hump day. All right. Today, we actually have Karen Conroy with us. So she is with Conroy Creative Council. Welcome. That, that's a complete alliteration. I almost butchered that, but I think I got it. Yeah, I think you <laughs> nailed it. That sounded pretty good. What did you think? Did it sound okay? Yeah, it sounded perfect. Yeah, <laughs> usually people kind of stumble all over that. So that was excellent. Yeah, as soon as I saw the three C's, I was like, man, I'm going to mess this up. But it just, <laughs> no, it worked. No, you nailed it. It, worked. That's your, you that it. speaks to your professionalism. <laughs> they, oh, thank you, Brad. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, welcome, Karen. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we are super excited to have you here today. Um, Maybe we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself and about what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a legal marketing agency. We work specifically with law firms and we do marketing, digital marketing, online marketing and strategy. I've been doing this for about 13 years. Uh, Started way back in a different world of online um, the kind of world of websites and online stuff was completely different back then. So dial up kind of, AOL. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> websites were a whole marketing was a whole different thing. Like, you know, it really just changes over time. So, uh, so I've been doing this ever since, and um, I do a lot of um, writing for different uh, publications and things like that. What about any uh, exciting personal facts? Uh, keep you human, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I live in California and I've been, I grew up in Minnesota. So, um, oh, okay. I, when I first, I, I did my undergrad in, at, in the university of Minnesota. And so when I was first kind of going out and starting to work with lawyers, uh, I started publishing and writing on lawyers, which actually is in Minneapolis. And so mm-hmm. it kind of grew from, I was already in California at the time, but it grew from this network of people that I had in Minneapolis. And so, you know, it all kind of comes back to Minnesota for, for whatever reason for, for, you know, my network and, and all of all of that. And um, there's a lot of good legal stuff coming out of Minnesota as well. So there's all these people I have, I'm connected to back in Minnesota, uh, but I'm out in California and um, yeah. <laughs> Is it no, too obvious to compare the weather? I feel like I it's, we don't need to go. It's too no, obvious. No, it's too right? obvious. Yeah. The, the weather is <laughs> totally different. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what we pay for out here. Is that what it is? Yeah. We pay to not have to deal with the humidity and the mosquitoes, but, um, you know, we snow. go back yeah. every summer and every Christmas and, you know, that's all we kind of talk about is the weather, but it's like, <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I feel like it makes you hearty and it makes you, you know, yeah. kind of, we're here in the uh, Midwest too. We get it. Yeah, yeah. It just, you kind of grow up with a different appreciation for a really nice day. In California, I feel like it's always, well, not always, but you know, 90% nice. And so when it's nice, people don't really take advantage of it and get outside. But in yeah. Minnesota, when it's nice, everybody's like, oh, there's a good one. We have we're to call in today. We got to go outside. Yeah. Cancel school. Yeah. Right, Everything's exactly. off. They cancel it for good it's weather. Sunday yeah. instead of like a snow right. day. <laughs> It's a sunny yeah. day. Cancel school. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. Exactly. Sign me up. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> on that note. Yeah. No, so early on in your career, what was uh, maybe one of the most interesting web designs or uh, projects that you worked on? 
Well, early on, I started in this little internet cafe in Laguna Beach, and um, I was going in there because I, I lived in this tiny little apartment down at the beach, and I typed really fast. I was in the travel <laughs> industry right out of um, college, and so uh, I was you know, checking emails and stuff, and the guy there just needed help, and he's like, I, I need you to help me kind of put together websites. And this was in the days of like page builders where you actually had to mm-hmm. type everything in uh. and... Um, like Netscape and like Napster. We were listening to Napster and stuff. <laughs> Love it. So um, I started working down there and learning how to build websites. And this was, you know, way like maybe 99, 2000 when I, you know, was first doing that. Um, and so then I went back, got a design degree and then got my MBA. So I like to approach stuff from both, both sides of my brain. Uh, and so... Uh, I'm trying to think of an interesting... I mean, the most interesting projects that turn out really well are not super exciting to talk about. (laughs) But like back in the day, the funny ones were like when I was at that internet cafe, there was like a guy who uh, I was literally teaching how to use a computer and he would like pick up the mouse and like point it at the computer. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, oh my yeah. god! Yeah, I was like, no, it has to stay on the desk. And then he's like, could not figure out. How That's to amazing. <laughs> you probably have the best memories, especially comparing it to like back then to today. Just when you said Internet Cafe and Netscape, yeah. my mind, I was like, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. This is going to be the best <laughs> like, conversation. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, you know, the way that <laughs> we didn't really have phones back then that did anything. Yeah. You know, and. Um, so, and even when they did, it, we were paying by the minute. And so nobody really used them and mm-hmm. we definitely didn't text each other. Um, and so, you know, everything was done by email way back. If people were using email, it was like actual phone calls where you talk to people what? or an email. <laughs> so, um, people would stop in this internet cafe to check their email because they didn't have email on their phone. Um, so, you know, it was just, it was just a different world. It's just crazy how fast things have changed. And, um, but at the same time, how there's some of those websites that I did, you know, probably not at the beginning, 20 years ago, but 10 years ago that people still think are okay. And it's like, they're just, <laughs> like things change so well, that fast. That very highly of you. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Well, maybe. Or, or they <laughs> just the, don't know, take right? Take the credit. No. Take the credit. Yeah, take it. Yeah. Take okay. it. No one knows. Right. Take you it. are that forward thinking. Exactly. That, that's what we're yeah. going to go with. And I was uh, sitting here thinking about how the fact that everything you're talking about 20 years ago is probably still the same in the legal industry. <laughs> that's exactly it. That's they go exactly to the internet it. cafe to check their email because yeah, they still. technology is so behind in this industry. Right. It's like they can't figure out how to use their phone. So, um, you know, they're they're doing that. I had a client who was actually putting their fax number still on the website. I'm like, really? Like a fax? fax? They get one fax a year. One fax from their mom with their vaccination records. (laughs) Happy birthday. (sighs) Yeah, exactly. That is crazy. It has changed so much. And then your concepts around marketing, everything has to change. Oh, God. It's just exactly. This is yeah, your it, wheelhouse. It, yeah. <laughs> it is, Brad. Well, and then Take between the internet cafe and and lawyers, I was the director of marketing for Century 21 for a bunch of years. So oh, I worked okay. with real estate agents. And that's actually surprisingly, um, in a lot of ways, not all, but uh, similar to lawyers, where they are all um, independent little businesses within a bigger mm-hmm. um, you know, umbrella. And so they are 
for a lot of them, they're just figuring out how to run a business and they have you know no idea where to start. I feel like we could go down this rabbit hole with you. There's just so much to pick your brain on. You know, Where do you start with your clients? Um, considering the knowledge is pretty low and there's so much that they need from a marketing, you know, digital presence standpoint. But I know we really wanted to dive into thought leadership today. So, so I'm thinking, let's go ahead and start talking through thought leadership and, and see where it goes. I'm, I'm hoping it's all connected and we'll keep You're going down that rabbit together. hole anyway. But yeah, you know. I think we can definitely tie it together. I know um, there are baby lawyers who are just getting started that Aww. want to consider themselves a thought leader or that's like down the path at least of what their plan is. Mm-hmm. So we can start there with, you know, what a thought leader is and yeah. kind of how how you sort of get there and define that. And um, what do you think? Yeah, yeah absolutely. No. Yeah. Let's start there. So, so oh. go ahead and dive in and go tell ahead, us what, what what thought leadership is to you and and I love your uh, baby lawyer. I love that. I know. <laughs> that was so cute. I, I love that. I like a little baby lawyer running I, around. Oh, like a baby I, in a suit. I, I didn't and... picture that. I pictured like a lawyer that... Like boss baby? <laughs> yeah, like yeah a... I, that's what I... Yes, exactly. Perfect. I love it. I You're love just it. completely yeah. giving me the best visions today. Right, I have like so, a baby yeah. lawyer in the internet yeah, cafe. So thought leadership <laughs> for baby lawyers. Go. Thought leadership. Well, first of all, you don't call yourself a thought leader. A thought leader is, is defined by people calling you a thought leader. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of go out and, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I consider myself a thought leader and I'm like, well, what does the industry and the market consider? Because, you know, I could consider myself an elephant, but I am not. (laughs) So um, you can be whatever you you want to be. Exactly. I mean, I can, I can, I can think of a lot of stuff. I'm a very visual thinker, but that doesn't make it so. So, you know, you can put out a lot of information and you can write a whole bunch of things and you can appear in a lot of different ways. But if nobody's paying attention and you're, and nobody cares or sees value in what you're saying, then you're just a contributor. You're not a thought leader. Mm-hmm. A thought leader is someone that people are seeking out and they are defining that you are that thought leader. So it takes time. You know, you don't just walk into a room and become a thought leader. And so you have to establish, you know, it's like any kind of relationship with just general human beings. You have to establish trust. You have to get that awareness. And there's this kind of attention and trust cycle that Seth Godin talks about. And I'll mention his name a few times because he is like the guru of thought leadership when it comes to marketing. Um, so, but he talks about this, this cycle of attention and trust. And so you uh, write things and put things out there to get, gather attention that builds trust and the trust gets you more attention. And then you write more things to get you know more attention and that builds more trust. And you just keep kind of mm. creating that endless cycle, but you can't do one without the other. So you can't just get trust you know, it's like going out on a first date and expecting someone to totally trust and marry you. That sounds ridiculous, <laughs> but it's the same idea. You know, you can't just walk into a room or or start your brand new law firm, put up one or two blog posts and be like, thought leader, <laughs> here I am. Sign you me know, up. Like, yeah, right. It just doesn't work that way. So you have to have an audience. They have to trust you and they have to you have to be giving them things that makes them pay attention to what you're saying. So how, and I'm going to try to break it down and let's let's get a little bit difficult here, but how yes. does someone do that? You know, you mentioned blog posts. You could write a blog and put it on your website, but what avenues 
are there out there to really get your attention? You know, should you be writing blog posts and then emailing them to your local media? Should you be writing articles and putting them in your local newspaper? I know that sounds a little bit archaic, but for someone who has no idea how to become a thought leader or has a desire to become a thought leader, what steps do they take? Like, how do you make it happen? So actually, the local thought, uh, the local newspaper, it's not really archaic because a lot of times <laughs> that is who your people are. Yeah. So we worked with an elder law firm in this small town in Tennessee last year, and they were in this local paper because in those small towns, they really care about their local mm-hmm. world. So, um, but if you are in, you know, some suburban area where people aren't as connected to, that doesn't matter as much to them, then that might not matter. Yeah. But or it can the, depend on practice short, area too. Exactly. So the, the short answer is it depends. And it and the the quick answer is that you just need to be where your potential client is. So in in my MBA, my marketing professor, the the one big thing he just kept saying is find that unmet need. So you have to figure out, okay, first of all, who are my potential clients? A, a criminal defense attorney is going to have a totally different bucket of people who have totally different needs and play, different places they're paying attention than this estate, elder law estate planning firm. Mm-hmm. So find out where those people are. A guy who just got a DUI he is going to be paying attention to basically Google Maps. Yeah. So when he gets arrested and he needs a DUI attorney, he doesn't care about your blog posts. He doesn't care about, you know, any of that. If you wrote something in, you know, the local, um, you know, Chamber of Commerce newsletter or something like that. He cares if you're close and if you've got good reviews and if you're going to exactly. solve his problem. You're at the top of the search results. You have good reviews. You do what he needs you to do. You're in. Exactly. A family who's looking for elder care cares about all of that stuff. They care that you are present in the community. They care that you care about their family and that you understand those things and you could convey that on your website. So you're going to need to be in different places for those two different groups. So First, you have to define who those groups are, find out where they are, and find out where their attention goes, and then you have to be present where those, you know, those attention, uh, that attention is. So it might be those newsletters, it might be Forbes, it might be, um, you know, finding a PR person to get you an article in Forbes, it might be... um, or it might be Google. It mm-hmm. might be Google Maps. So it just depends on where your uh, potential audience is is showing their attention. When people are facing some sort of legal issue that's more likely to be life-altering or life-changing or involves other family members, other friends, um, I think that's a good place where thought leadership comes in. You know, you mentioned the estate planning. You could potentially have your estate on the line. You know, family law, if you're going through a divorce, custody, you want to make sure that you truly trust who you're working with and that they are the best at what they do because literally your livelihood is going to depend on it. Right. We've had several guests on the show that talked about, you know, getting their name out there, just like what you were saying, and kind of meeting the people where they are, you know, whether it's a DUI, whether it's elder care, whatever it is. But we've also talked a lot about uh, not writing or, or publishing information that was specific about what you do. Like, for example, we had an attorney that liked to post uh, different pictures about T-shirts and 80s uh, TV shows. <laughs> 
and get his name out there. And then people started following him due to his T-shirts and 80s television shows. And then, you know, so I want your thoughts on do you have to write about uh, specifically your line of business to be a thought leader and bring the marketing in? Or can it be open to any kind of whim that you have to write about and kind of engage in the audiences in other ways? And just your thoughts around that. Well, I mean, I think you write about the audience that you're trying to gather. So he he did gather the audience of 80s t-shirts, right? Like he accomplished that. But what is the point of that? So the the end goal needs to be your starting point. So is your end goal to gather this group of 80s people, people who like 80s t-shirts? And if so, maybe there's whatever his practice area is somehow, like maybe he does, let's just say he does motorcycle accidents and he's going after people who like wear 80s Harley shirts. Like this is a huge stretch. Uh, <laughs> let's just say. I'm, I'm with you. I'm going with it. T- like really thin tangent that connects the the two. Well, maybe that's great. Like maybe he's found a pile of of work there. That's and that's great. And he's just got this really weird left angle that he's he's going about, you know, reaching that goal. Mm-hmm. But it sounds to me like it is weird and not connected and there is no strategy behind it and there is no goal in mind and he's doing it just to be unique. And there's something to be said about being unique. Like the, the goal of marketing is to be memorable, but, and so a lot of times that's done by being unique, but to be solely unique for the wrong purpose that doesn't, isn't tied to a goal doesn't make sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense in terms of a goal anyway. It makes sense in terms of just plain old getting attention. But then what do you do with that attention? You know, it's like people who solely put their entire marketing campaign in SEO and then their website is horrible or or not even functioning. It's like, well, that's great that you rank, but then what happens? Yeah, you're driving them to nothing. Right. And then you're upset that, you know, you think SEO is just all snake oil and and it's not working. Well, it's working, but you haven't completed the entire path for Mm. your visitor to come through and actually convert. There's something broken in your whole system because it does work if the system is set up where it's a clear path to a specific goal. So the the question when it comes to that, like t-shirt and, you know, being different is, yeah, that definitely works if it's related and tied to the overall strategy. Yeah. And I think you made a good point, especially with the SEO and the website. Um, On the t-shirt side, I do see, you know, if you have some sort of unique marketing approach, I do see that, like you said, it catches attention. Um, And it can be a conversation starter too, but I think in certain situations too, it can, it also makes you seem a little bit more human and approachable, you know, and I think a lot of times people in the legal industry, they have something pretty intense going on. So one, you still want to make sure that you're coming off professional and trustworthy, but if you can somehow make yourself a little bit more human and approachable, um, that's helpful too. And if it's through t-shirts, if it's through other ways, as long as you have that, that knowledge and the delivery of whatever you're delivering to back it up. I I think it can be a nice mix, but like you said, you kind of have to, you have to build out the whole comprehensive plan. It's just not one thing. It's an and, not an or. It's a a piece in the process. Right. Yeah. I work with someone who uh, does a lot of animal rescue and she does um, kind of sexual harassment defense and things like that. So it seems like two totally different things, but her heart and what she really cares about is rescuing these animals. And um, she has a whole animal rescue thing and whatever. And so she, on her website, she has pictures of like 
holding a pig and it's very <laughs> memorable. Yeah. And she has a tagline that has to do with, you know, how she kind of rescues both people and animals and things like that. So she ties Tied it together. together. Yeah. Um, but if you just had the picture of the pig and then you had this <laughs> really kind of serious topic of sexual harassment and things like that, it yeah. would look weird. And then you make, people are making their own assumptions and connections where it's like, that's not what you want. You need to guide them through the process of why this makes sense and why this is related to the kind of person she is. Because we're all complex human beings. Like our work is not the only thing that defines us. But if you're going to bring in a piece of your other parts of your life into this introduction of yourself to your clients, then it needs to make sense. So, you know, there's, there's parts of your life that just aren't necessary for them to know about. And so just kind of leave those over to the side if it doesn't relate to, you know, what your, what your clients care about. Yeah. And I think the the good example with what you just said, it gives your your firm an opportunity to, to get involved in the community. So if you want to give back yeah. and you're a huge fan of rescuing animals, it's near and dear to you. Maybe that's how you can work it into your, your professional life is, you know, let's do an annual fundraiser for X organization. Let's do a exactly. day of service, something like that. And that, that yeah, helps absolutely. position you as a thought leader in some extent too. You know, you're not saying, hey, I'm a leader in, in what I do, but I'm a leader in the industry for, for multiple other reasons. And right. I, I do think you make a good point too of the goal and mapping it out and making sure it's all tied together. I think a lot of people don't do that. I think they just think, I need to write this article or I need to do this. Or I really like this picture of me holding this pig, so I'm going to put it up there. But whatever it is, you know, you have to map it out and think through the entire process so that it all comes together. You're not just getting people in and nowhere for them to go. You have the good website. You also have it tied together. It's just something that you need to take that time to sit back and think through. Yeah. And if you don't, it's really like a missing piece of the puzzle. And then people will be confused by that. And, you know, you really need to to connect those pieces so that people, you know, have that it's like the domino effect. As soon as you have all the pieces in place, you just hit one and then they understand the next the next sequence of things that are are supposed to happen. That, oh, okay, this person, you know, and, and for the the woman with the pig and the animal thing, it really shows like her where her heart is at and it it brings a, a lot of her own personal emotion into it. So um, you know, most people care a lot about animals, whether they're doing animal rescue or, or not, they, it all of a sudden brings a whole different level of emotion into what, what her um, kind of explanation of who she is and what kind of things she provides. Right. Absolutely. So going back to, you know, in the beginning of this, we were talking a little bit about how to become a thought leader. What resources do you know that are out there? And you mentioned Seth earlier, maybe it's, it's, other thought leaders in the industry. Maybe it's it's guides to help them learn how to become a thought leader. But what are some resources that our listeners can use to get on that path to become a thought leader? Well, I was putting some thought into this and I was trying to come up with names. And the first name that kept coming into my mind, because I'm so marketing focused, is Seth Godin. Mm-hmm. He really just kind of lays it all out and has very clear and and clean um, explanations of marketing. Uh, One of his original books way back in the day was called Purple Cow, and it's all about um, very clean and simple marketing strategy. Um, But then as I put more thought into it, I think it's easier to understand thought leaders in terms of kind of a category. So instead of kind of saying who my personal thought leaders are, which can kind of get into like, you know, my politics or Mm -hmm. or whatever, um, I think you can find thought leaders 
in like TED speakers. So people who are getting up on a stage and they have one big idea and there's an audience there, a literal audience. It's not just like who your audience is on your blog or whatever. There's an actual stage and an audience and they have one big idea. And then oftentimes they have a book or a project or, you know, something like that. Um, And then all, and it also kind of coming back to where we first started, it's not just someone who's kind of throwing content out there. It's people who want, who have a following that care about the information. So the other thing I was thinking is people who have a book list. So people who are uh, putting out a list of things they're reading and then people care about what that person is reading. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's not just like, hey, I read this book and, um, you know, this is what I found interesting and I'm going to do a book review. It's people who want, who have the kind of thought and thinking that other people almost want to get inside their head. So I know like Barack Obama puts out a book list of his favorite mm-hmm. books, you know, a couple times a year. Books, songs, and, everything. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's like, it's at that level. Like Oprah also does this too. Yes. But these people who have... Um, a following that almost wants to get inside their head. Mm -hmm. Like, what is this person thinking? And if they think this stuff is valuable, then it must be valuable. Um, So whoever that is in, in, you know, each person's world, whoever's putting out the book list that they respect, that person is the thought leader where you're trying to kind of figure out, okay, where are they finding their information and what kind of information do they find valuable? Because if, if they think it's valuable, then I think it's valuable. That's where you kind of are getting that definition of the thought leader. Yeah, totally agree. And I'm, I'm actually really glad you brought up Obama. Um, not that that is legal industry related, but what I think he does a really good job about is there's variety. You know, there's different yes. topics. There's there's lots of diversity, especially when he puts out those song lists. You're like, there's everything from like rap to country to oldies. Yes. It's, it's everything. And I think that's something we can take in the legal industry too. When you're, yes, we want to position ourselves as thought leaders, but also remember the clients that you're trying to bring in are very diverse themselves. So it's helpful to touch on those different areas, knowing that you're working with people who have different backgrounds, different interests, different needs. Um, Keep an open mind, definitely. Yeah. And that, I mean, once again, I, I always come back to that initial plan and your strategy. So in the beginning, you have to define who those people are. Mm-hmm. So what we what we talked about at the beginning, kind of figuring out where they are, who they are and where they are, when you're defining who they are, it should cover, you know, their, their kind of broad income. Maybe you are only working with hedge fund managers. So you do, they do have a narrow income, but maybe they're across a, you know, broad geography. And so you need to account for that or whatever the case might be, but, but actually write it down and define it. Yeah. Totally agree with you. Um, so, Karin, before we wrap this episode up, is there anything else we want to touch on from a thought leadership standpoint? Basically, just kind of go out there and and find who a thought leader is for you. You know, it's going to be different for each person. That's a great who point. Who they yeah. find the value of, of their words and their thoughts, and then use that as kind of a template and a you know as kind of an inspiration for you to kind of build on on what they are doing for, you know, your own plan for that kind of work. Yeah, totally agree. Um, Like I said, like you just said, everybody's different thought leadership. Yes, thought leadership does have a definition, but it's going to be different for everybody. It's going to work different for your clients. It's going to be different from for you, you know, do what you're good at and do what's going to really speak to your clients and potential clients and in your community too, depending on what your end goal is. So exactly. 
All right, Karin, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, definitely. And everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Lex Factor, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to The Lex Factor. Lexicon takes care of business so you can take care of law. Learn how to build a better practice at lexiconservices.com.